0: Welcome to the Homeschooling Families Podcast. I'm Leslie Nunnery, and I am so glad you're here. On today's podcast, we'll be talking to the author of some of our family's very favorite book series. I'm quick to recommend his Kingdom series, Night series, War of the Realms, and Star Lore Legacy books, and I'm thrilled to have Chuck Black on the podcast today. We're going to be talking about the great discipleship tools we have at our disposal through good literature and lessons learned. You don't want to miss a moment, so stay tuned. Chuck, welcome to the podcast. I am so thrilled to have you joining me here today.
1: Thank you, Leslie. It's it's a blessing to be here with you.
0: I mentioned in the introduction, but... Uh, and you and I have talked about this a lot, but the impact that you have had on our family through the books that you have written, the stories you've created, the audiobooks. I mean, my kids went to sleep for years with knights clashing swords in their ears. And I we were talking not long ago at all. They still can quote big chunks of those books because they just wanted to listen to them over and over and over again. So thank you for using your gift in that way. It's blessed our family immensely.
1: Uh, well, thank you, Leslie. I, you know, I, whenever I hear that, it's, it's very humbling because I just never imagined that stories I wrote for my children years ago would actually, God would allow it to be used for families throughout the country. And to know that, that families and especially children are enjoying them to that level <laughs> is pretty amazing. And, and I, like I said, it's very humbling. It's, it's it, it also is kind of daunting because it puts a lot of pressure on making sure you don't, mess that up <laughs>
0: yeah, i'm sure well you know we we loved the nights or the the kingdom series we loved the night series then you came out with the war of the realms and my kids were older when that came out and i remember so many times we had read the books but we were listening to the audios and we would drive like hours extra just like around <laughs> our city here just trying to get to a spot where we felt like we could We could stop it and we just couldn't. So just great, great stories that we all continue to love and and pull out regularly. So it's exciting to see what God has done through your ministry. But, you know, I was I was thinking as I was preparing to have you on today, you have a really, really cool background as a former F-16 fighter pilot, tactical combat communications engineer, plus what you hold, like 16 patents in the U.S. and Canada. So, what made you decide to make this huge shift in direction to eventually become the author of so many amazing novels and stories?
1: <laughs> oh my goodness, uh, that's a, that's a big question. So, it didn't really shift directions. Actually, the rest of that is still happening.
0: <laughs> well, uh, really, so you're just like compiling.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm getting overrun, <laughs> um, but it's all it, it, it's a good overrun, I guess. I'm I'm actually the general manager for. Uh, chemical injection automation company right now in the oil and gas industry. And I just, I kind of pinch myself every day because I have been able to hire into that company, three of my children and two of my son-in-laws. And so there's about 20 people that work there and and we're a Christian company. I start every every week with uh, devotions and leadership training uh, that's biblical based. And so that's kind of growing on me too. And still continuing to take on a life of its own. But as far as the books go, You know, it started about 20 years ago when I sat down and was just looking for an innovative way to capture the heart of my children for the gospel or get them keenly interested in scripture and help them understand that truth in just a fresh perspective. You know, I think, you know, for kids that are raised in Christian homes and raised in the church, there comes a point where they just get a little bit numb (laughs) to it. And that's what I saw as as I sat down for family devotions one night, you know, I just looked up and I saw boring stares looking back at me and they were just disinterested. And so I went to bed that night, just really crying out to God saying, Lord, I don't want this to be dull in their ears. And so how do I, how do I capture their hearts? And so I woke up in the middle of the night and I'm an engineer. I, I'd never really written anything before. I just left for a few college freshman comp papers <laughs> and I just started writing and writing and writing. And I sat down with the kids the next uh, time we had devotions, and. We're going to do something different. I'm going to read the story to you. And they were on the edge of their seats. Their eyes were open, their mouths, you know, were big, and they just were so engaged. And to be honest, I was a little bit disappointed because I thought, why should a fictional story capture that, their attention the way I want the Bible to? And then I realized that that's how Jesus taught. He told stories that captured our hearts, and they said, and this is what that means. And so for me, it's really kind of unusual. I think God buried within me an ability to, to make those metaphorical and allegorical connections, you know, that I guess maybe it, other people don't do as well. And it, it translated into a book form. And so I think it just freed me up to be really adventuresome with the stories and still stay true to scripture. Right. And so anyway, it started with my kids and I just had a passion for them to see God in a fresh way. And then God had bigger plans, I guess.
0: <laughs> I I love that so much. I love hearing how God answered that prayer for the hearts of your children by really empowering you and giving you this opportunity to bless families like ours and so, so many others. It's God is so good. And the way that he works, I fear that so many times he's answering prayers like that, but because we're moving so fast and maybe it isn't as grand and glorious as your answer has proved to be that we miss them. We miss those answers in a moment, that that God just fills our mouth with the right thing or gives us those ideas. And I hope that we'll all be much more inclined to key into those in the days ahead.
1: Absolutely. You're hitting on a, a point. I, I just came back from a men's group that asked me to come and speak in California. And the subject was, you know, they wanted me to speak on, well, what what do you want God to do for you? Looking at the story of blind Bartimaeus, when he asked, Jesus asked, what do you want me to do? And I realized that there's a lot of times in life where God, God puts moments of epiphany. I, I call them defining moments. And and I think we get about a dozen or so, said- <laughs> maybe more, maybe less. I don't know. But, you know, and when Jesus walked by Bartimaeus, he had a moment of epiphany. It was, this is Jesus of Nazareth, the one that I've heard about. He has the ability to change the course of my life. And, and he started crying out, Jesus, have mercy on me. And so, um and and the crowd told him to be quiet and and he cried all the louder and then he he recognized that moment in his life as a potentially life changing moment and he cried out all the more for mercy and then when Jesus finally comes to him he says what do you want me to do for you?" he says that I might receive my sight and so my my message to the men was guys there are defining moments and they might come in a moment of, of grandeur they might come in a moment of tragedy they might come in the still of the night or on the I drive home from work, like, like one that happened to me with my children. And and I guess the question is, are you ready to, answer, to cry out for mercy? <laughs> and then are you ready to answer the question, what do you want me to do for you? And so when those moments come in our lives, I think that's Jesus walking by. And I think we need to be ready. God, help me, equip me so I can serve you better. And when Jesus gave Bartimaeus his sight, it says he turned and followed Jesus. He didn't turn and Use those eyes to go and sin. He went and turned and used those eyes to follow the master. And I think if we're ready to do that, God will take those defining moments in our life and do spectacular things. I, you know, He takes average people. Uh, you know, I'm kind of the least of the least uh, around here. <laughs> and He just takes average people and does spectacular things because He then gets the glory. And, and it's all His. It's all His.
0: Yeah, amen. Yeah. Amen. And yeah, I just, I love the that defining moment, those moments of epiphany. Because I know even as you were talking, you kind of think back and there are those times where you just recognize that Jesus has been there, that he has walked by, as you noted. And what a wonderful personal God who loves us and loves our children so much that he is engaged in our discipleship of them or our growth as individuals, our impact on others. It is astonishing and something that we should stand in awe of day in and day out.
1: Absolutely. And I mean, if, if you allow me, I'll share one of those moments that actually led to the writing of these books.
0: I would love that.
1: Okay. So I was nine years in the Air Force. I was a combat communications officer for three of those years. And then I got into pilot training, went through training for a number of years and then became an S-16 fighter pilot. But at the end of that time period, I was I left the Air Force and came back to my hometown, worked for my dad and my three brothers in a plastics company, construction. company, And I remember after having done that for a couple of years, I was driving home from work and, and the work that I had been doing was so mundane and so boring and so uninteresting. And I thought, what have I done? I mean, I, I left a career in the Air Force as a fighter pilot defending this nation and, you know, doing all kinds of cool things. And now I'm just doing things that no one is ever going to care about in the world. I mean, nobody knows what I did last year. What cares. And so <laughs> my my heart cried to God was, Lord, I want to do something great for you. And this sure doesn't feel like this is it. I and mean, what did I make a mistake? Did I not hear you? And I, I can tell you the spot on the road where I had that moment of epiphany It was a defining moment for me when he whispered to my heart and he said, Chuck, you are going home to my great work for you right now. I've given you six children, six small people to raise and disciple and to train and equip and to launch for my name's sake. You go and do that well, and that will be your great work. And I, it just totally changed my perspective. It, it totally changed where I thought my value and purpose came from. And I poured myself into being a father, and it wasn't just more than maybe a month or two later where that that story I told you about the, the story of that that Kingdom's Edge came to me. And little did I know that by being obedient in this, what the great work that God had for me in a small, average way, just being that dad for my children, would translate into a ministry that was going to go global. You know, so those moments of epiphany, God's just you know, he's basically, what do you want me to do for you? Yeah, it's like, well help me, help me raise my kids so they love you better. (laughs) So.
0: Amen. Amen. Well, that is really awesome to hear you kind of recount and give us insight into how that happened and just the impact of that through the years, since he has allowed you to see this, like, you noted, go global with these stories that you, you created for your children. How have you seen literature and kind of the, the life experience? Because I know that in your books, you are allegories, you weave in all of this unbelievably practical stuff. So all of these things are just phenomenal discipleship tools for families that you've created. I mean, and you don't generally look at a book series and think, oh, this is a great discipleship tool. And yet yours are. How have you seen the literature actually play out that way through the years?
1: Yeah, great question. So especially in the homeschool community, you know, reading is just at, at the top of the list for getting excellent academic skills. And so the challenge is, you know, when you, when you have voracious readers, how do you keep equipping them with good quality literature that doesn't compromise on God's truth? And you kind of mentioned it as far as discipleship. I always felt like I was more of a teacher rather than actually a fiction writer. <laughs> and so if if I'm writing a story that isn't teaching something, I feel like I'm failing. But then of course you get to the point, well, if it's the it's it's reader or the, the, the child feels like they're being taught all the time or preached to all the time, they're going to quickly lose interest. So how do you accomplish that? What's the vehicle to make that happen? And I just, you know, it, it was by no, you know, keen or noble insight on my part. I just stumbled into this. This was God just giving it to me without me even knowing it. That allegory does that so beautifully because you can teach the rich spiritual content in, in that lower level, while on the surface, you can have just a fun, action-packed adventure story going on. And and it hits every single reader right at the level that they're at. So I try to layer my allegories from the simple, hey, this looks like Moses, all the way to, you know, Greek and Hebrew names that are substitute for the thing that they represent. So everywhere in that allegory spectrum, readers gonna pick up what they want. And and what also is kind of fun about that is that it, it makes great for second and third reads, like yeah. you were just saying, you when know, they listen to the stories over, every time they hear it, they pick up something new and something fresh. And uh, especially if you're in tune with the Holy Spirit. And, and, and I mean, it's all connected to scripture. And that, that my whole goal is to get young people back into the word, back into scripture. It's not to get them to feast on entertainment. And so it's just been, I just am amazed how God has allowed me to naturally step into that um, again, because he's God and he does that. He's cool. Like you say. <laughs> so yeah, it's been fun to watch see happen. And I love, love, love allegory. I do have a series that is not allegory, but the, the central theme in all of the books is spiritual warfare, which is kind of a keen a focus of my heart for preparing kids.
0: Yeah. And I want to echo something that you were you were noting there because our experience with your allegories was the first time that we went through them, the kids were quite young. My oldest was probably, I don't know, maybe 10 years old and went down from there to two or three. And we go through them and they picked up really quickly that there were a lot of echoes that were familiar in those stories. So it became, hey, that sounds like Noah's Ark or, hey, that sounds like whatever. And it just opened so many doors to talk about the way that you laid out the truths there, overlay it with scripture and just kind of extract all of that and help them learn to see these principles in scripture in much more practical, tangible ways than just being a story in a book. And so it was a phenomenal tool for for David and I, because we love the stories, too. I mean, we we literally could go through them over and over right with the kids. We were always glad to turn them on because they're they're great stories. But the opportunities and the conversations that they spark and that's in all of them, you know, I'm I'm going back to the kingdoms because that's when my kids were little. But the same thing happened in the nights when they were a little bit older and then in War of the Realms when they were much older and. I want to talk about Star the Star series or Star Lore series here in a minute. But those were, they just open unbelievable conversations. And even now, things happen in the world, and we kind of tie it back to, man, that sounds like, you know, the waters of Maru or whatever it is. It just we that still kind of echoes back. It it gives them something really tangible to tie those truths to outside of just scripture, which is really, really fascinating.
1: And I'm blessed to hear that, Leslie. And you know I think the, the challenge with the uh, children's books and young adult literature is that oftentimes the, the parents may not be that interested in partaking. but when you find enthusiasm like that from your children, oftentimes the enthusiasm of the children would lead to the parents reading it and then all of a sudden the parent you know and it isn't just for children. honestly, we say eight to 88 because you can have at really mature advanced readers that get hooked on these too. but when you have that connection with your child and you're, both excited about a story and that story is teaching biblical truth i mean there's no better way to, to implement discipleship than that and and you can feed them deeper understandings and you can take them to scripture and show them how this relates to their lives today and now and uh, yeah so again just very grateful again it was it was not none of my plan from the beginning <laughs> i i just um, i'm just trying to be obedient to the lord and i never Actually entered into this to be an author. I, my prayer for years was, Lord, if you're not in this, just shut it down because I'll walk away from it and do something else. And yeah. uh, He just kept opening up the door, opening up the doors.
0: <laughs> well, and praise God, you were obedient enough to walk through them because I, again, I know a lot of families that have really been helped, children and parents alike. I think. That we undervalue the benefit of the the discipleship elements of these these books and other other good works like this for the growth of the parent because as you're engaging in those conversations with your children you are forced to grow or you can't have those conversations with your kids so it's really impactful on parents as well
1: absolutely sometimes the the, the person that learns the most is the teacher
0: because mm-hmm.
1: you're having to do that background study and when you're Your kids are asking some great spiritual, deep questions. It's going to force you to go and study and and, and learn more yourself. And so, yeah, I appreciate you saying that. It's it's a great aspect that I, I don't often talk about. Yeah, you're right.
0: Yeah, it's very very powerful. I want to segue because you said something earlier in the podcast. You were talking about reaching the new generation with a fresh perspective or an innovative way to reach this generation with biblical truths. And I know you've got some new things. Going, how did those things tie in? How are you trying to reach this new generation with these spiritual truths?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, our, we are an entertainment-rich culture today. And to the point where it's, a lot of it, of course, is very negative because Hollywood is always constantly pushing the boundary of what's acceptable. And that eventually erodes into into our homes and that sort of thing. So, you know, Christian-created entertainment oftentimes you know, falls short of the of the bar that hollywood has established for quality productions and that sort of quality, quality literature so that has been a real passion of mine is that there's no compromise in any sort of quality whatsoever and then of course just the, the genres and the type of entertainment and you know in years of years past the medieval world has been of course a huge huge phenomenal desire for people to to just consume that in, in all sorts of Either historical, non-historical, just you know, fantastical stories. So the Kingdom series, and the Night series, were already there. I grew up loving medieval, and, and that that took care of that. But there's also the new, the new genres of the science fiction and you know, the Star Wars and the Star Trek and that sort of thing. So I just always I love those two worlds, medieval and science fiction. And so I grew up reading that. But when I got into my college years, um, the science fiction just quickly turned dark or perverted yeah. and just inappropriate. And I, I kind of had to give it up for like decades because I just didn't find anything that was worthwhile, or, or certainly not feeding my spirit. And so when I finished up with the Wars of the Realm series, I turned my eye towards science fiction, and and I really thought, and there's got to be a way that this, that a, that a science fiction genre can work and, and do the same things that Kingdom series and the Knights of Earth 3 did. And I stumbled on it and I came back to my roots of allegory. And I realized that, man, once I apply allegory to science fiction, it just kind of blows the doors off of what's possible with uh, a Christian discipleship story. And that's really where the Star-Lord legacy comes from. It's it's kind of like the Kingdom series, but now it's in space. And, so, <laughs> uh, and, it, and it sounds really odd and it sounds really strange. And when people hear about it, they're like, what? I don't think that works. But I've yet to hear of anybody that has read that and said, "Man, this this just works just like it's just as just as good." I mean, it it fits and it it it's just not awkward and it's not compromised. And so I'm excited about it. It's it's a big endeavor. Got four books that are published. The fifth one's coming out here on, on March 21st, and I've promised uh, 12 in the series. So I've got a lot of writing to do. It. At all. Yeah, yeah, and they're and they're not small either. They're <laughs> they're decent sized books. So. That's what's kind of consuming me right now, Leslie. I'm passionate about it because I see a real need out there. And, and it's something that, it's just a great. So when I was reading science fiction, I thought, man, some of them are, are wholesome. They're clean, but there's still wrong, anti-Christ messages in them, even though they're innocent. And so I thought, man, it, it, there's got to be a way, uh, something for parents to grab onto, to feed their kids and know. That there's not, not going to be any compromising. That the messages are going to be directly tied to Scripture, and so uh, anyway, that, that's my StarLord Legacy series. I'm excited about it. Uh, hopefully, it, it hits the mark.
0: Well, that is awesome. And you know the as you were talking about it, the same Creator that that made our Earth and all of the elements that fell within those medieval stories also made the heavens, and so it just stands to reason that the stories would be as impactful no matter where they were said in His creation.
1: Absolutely. You know, it, it's really kind of weird. I have, I have to confess a, a really shortcoming on my part. You know, I, when, I, when I did the kingdom series, I took the world and the Bible and I shrunk it down to one kingdom size. <laughs> and, but when I came to the star lore, I did exactly the opposite. I blew it up. I took the world and expanded it out into, you know, star systems and the galaxy. And I thought, well, man, is this diminishing? And I thought, you know, the gospel, one, I thought, oh, how silly. Yeah. <laughs> Who can diminish? <laughs> And I don't know if you've been watching The Chosen or not, but I, I watched The Chosen and I, these episodes just, oh, they just grip me and they just bring me to tears. And every time I finish watching the one, I would think, what am I wasting my time for? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how can you get any more epic or better than the absolute raw truth of what Jesus did? So uh, it, it's, it's a little discouraging to watch because I think that I'm just I'm just I mean, I'm just my stories are so pithy compared to the truth, you know. But you know, I I realize that that's that's probably not really true because young people are still looking for that some entertainment value, but a fresh perspective, and that's what I'm trying to give them is a fresh perspective on it. So,
0: oh yeah, absolutely. And again, that that fresh perspective helps. I, I it helps gives legs to the scripture. Even again, the way that it positions it in very practical, very tangible situations. For a young person to be able to see that when they don't really have the maturity and the life experience to have lived it, it's really, really impactful. And that's not something that you can do really outside of story because they don't have the maturity yet.
1: Very true. You know, and and Andrea and I had six children, and so they're all adults now. So, you know, we went through, you know, basically 24 years of watching them and seeing their challenges and seeing the temptations and seeing the struggles and seeing the peer pressure. And so there was a lot of, you talk about the application of those books, uh, which I really appreciate because, um, especially in the night series and the wars of the realm, because I started, I was writing those when so my kids were in the thick of that. Her? And I really gleaned a lot of what they were experiencing as young teens and older teens and tried to just uh, wrap that up and, and push that into the story so that it felt, real and it felt applicable even though like the night series you know thousands of years ago right but it felt i, I think god allowed me to, to write it in such a way that it felt like it could apply right now to in 2023 to a, a, a 16 year old and so and again that allegory helps that a lot but i think writing with the perspective of watching firsthand what your children are going through and knowing what the parents are struggling with out there and that helped yeah
0: yeah and that and that shines through and. You know, again, not to not to belabor the point, but I really, really want to stress it for my kids growing up that it hit them just as you saw it with your children, right where they were. But beyond that, there were so many times where we would be reading or listening to these stories and God ministered to my heart. You know, I remember I think it was Quinlan, although it's been a while. Dalton Quinlan was one of the, the sirs there, but it talked about the fact that the battle wasn't theirs. You know, the battle was the king's. And that that came as we were really struggling with deep discouragement in what God had called us to do. And just that reminder was huge for us. And so, you know, as a parent on mission, a heart schooling parent, as we refer to us all, God can really minister to our hearts as we are discipling our children because we're walking in obedience and he is going to feed our spirits in the same way. And it's just again, it's just a testament to the good, good God we serve.
1: Amen to that. absolutely. i I feel at times I, I'm almost crushed by his goodness. That's what sort of feels like, yeah, you know, he's just so good and there's nothing we can do to earn that. It's just his love that just just at, at moments when we need it most, he just swoops in. He's just a hero in the in those in those times. and and just I mean, just recently he did that for me. and it's it it just such a moment of discouragement. And, and and it's just I don't know it's so thrilling and exciting to serve such a good God and a God of adventure too you know I yeah. think that's one of the things I tried to do is help my kids see being a Christian isn't just about sitting in a pew and being bored by a hymn you know but I love him. it's about grand adventure and you right. just got to see it you know so yeah and
0: and jump in with both feet just just get in there and Amen. live the Christian life. Serving the King of Kings and and loving people and showing that in your actions and it really truly is the greatest adventure you could ever go on or introduce your children to. Absolutely, I'm with you. <laughs> well, well, Chuck, we are getting low on time, but I want to make sure that you tell everybody. Um, I noted at the beginning that you're going to be joining us in both Round Rock and Pigeon Forge. What are you really focusing on this year at our events?
1: Yes. No. Yeah. Thanks for that. So my my heart and my passion. Is equipping parents to disciple their children. And obviously the books we talked at length about, that's a huge tool for that. But there are certain aspects of that I take from those books and I focus on. Like for example, we had a child that struggled with being addicted to video games. And so overcoming escapism is a is a huge thing today with technology. And I'm an electrical engineer, so technology is a big part of our lives. And but it it crept in and it got it got its bangs in my my oldest son and it just nearly destroyed him. And so I, I just basically a testimony on how God led us to, to recover Him from that, and then some practical tips on how to overcome things like that. So, um, the other topics are dealing with doubt, spiritual doubt, how that can just rob a, a, an inspiring young person of their faith. Um, that's a personal testimony of mine that I went through for about 14 years, from 13 to 27. That God delivered me from in just a miraculous way. So I, I, I focus on subjects that, um. I think are very very real challenges for parents as they navigate those waters of the teenage years especially in today's culture. I don't think it's ever been harder to be a teenager than it is today in 2023. And I don't I would say that our parents are probably not as equipped as they've ever been. So you've got these two completely extreme situations that are really loading us up for a disaster. Yeah. And I and I think that, that you know we need to teach parents how to be disciple disciples and then we need to teach young people how to be disciples. And so my topics are all focused on those things. And I, my books are kind of help support that in in an innovative way.
0: That's fantastic. Well, again, I'm so, so excited to see you again and and thrilled that you're joining us at those events. Where though can our families find you in the meantime? I know you'll have lots of books and stuff on site and everybody needs to come to the event to see you. But outside of that, where where can they connect with you?
1: So, I mean, our website is chuckblack.com. And then on my Facebook page, you can find me there. I'm also on Twitter, but not really sort of. (laughs) I don't do Twitter. (laughs) But those social media platforms, and I am speaking at other conferences throughout the country. A lot of the state conferences will be at um, Minnesota, Virginia, Florida, and uh, Colorado. So if you go to my website, you can see my schedule, including the, the TTD, which are I always love to be with your conferences. You guys do such a great job. And so... That's probably the best way. We always have. Hey, please sign up for my. It's not really a newsletter. It's a list that we keep that we send out whenever we have like a new release. We send out about three to four emails a year, so it's, you're not going to be inundated with emails. But that's probably the, the easiest way to make sure that anything new that's coming. And we do have some some pretty exciting things <laughs> that are in store that I don't I don't know if I'm at liberty to share with, but <laughs> uh, I do have a I do have a producer that's involved with the Star Lord series that might be doing Hi. something with that. So things are moving there. So if you want to be updated on that, there's also a really neat thing that's happening out in North Carolina. There's a one of my young readers grew up and became uh, is going to a master's program at a, a theater school and they're doing a full up production.
0: They're doing Kingdom's <sighs> Dawn. And it's, yes, it's thank actually you. in Greenville, South Carolina. It is about 10 minutes from my house. So no I was way. going to that up. Yeah. Yeah. So when you're in town. Which I assume you're going to come in. Make sure that you let us know because we would love to see you. But the Academy of Arts is doing Kingdoms Dawn, and I was beside myself when I saw that announcement. I was so excited.
1: So unfortunately, they had they didn't schedule the the they, they scheduled the presentation, and then I went to and, and signed up for all my conference appearances and my speaking events. And then they moved it, and they moved it on top of a conference, so I can't be there. <laughs>
0: oh, no. Uh, I
1: was so disheartened by that. But So if you go, I'd love to hear how, how it we will, goes We out. will
0: definitely go so that we can report into you. So, but yeah, we're very excited. They do a phenomenal job. It's going to be a terrific marriage. I hope they end up doing all of yours because they would fit so beautifully there.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Well, thank you for helping me with that. With, <laughs> it's been a while since I've had correspondence, <laughs> so. But they did uh, public aud- 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 auditions that I posted on my website for people if they wanted, because I-, I constantly hear, hey, if there's a movie, can I that'd be so-and-so? I said, well, work on your craft. Here and you then, <laughs> here's your chance. chance. So, yeah, exciting thing. God is good. Well,
0: that is awesome. Uh, thank you. Amen, amen. Well, Chuck, thank you so much for joining us. It has been, as always, a great joy to have you on the show.
1: Thank you, Leslie. Uh, the blessing is
0: mine. And to the rest of you, thank you all for spending your time with us today. I Hope that this has been a challenge and an encouragement to you. I would encourage you to go pick up Chuck's books if you've not read them yet. Um, And then definitely, definitely make your plans to join us in Round Rock, Texas or Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. Visit with him there along with all the other great speakers. I would love to meet you there. And we will just share some great fellowship and fun that weekend. So have a great rest of your day. And I look forward to talking to you again real soon. Thank you for joining me today. It's my prayer that every episode of the Homeschooling Families podcast helps to strengthen your family by giving you biblical and practical ways to raise your children and educate them well. We'd love to engage with you more. So check out teachthemdiligently.net to find out about the resources and experiences we offer Christian homeschooling families like yours all year long.